At the end of the shir yesterday, we spoke out the words of the Mechaber and Sirbeis. The Mechaber had said that in today's day and age, the measurement, the, the litmus test to know if a person has enough to, to accept tzedakah or not to accept tzedakah, that would be decided if he has a source of steady income to allow him to manage month to month without having to dig into the principle, without having to lose from the principle. So the question is like this. The question is, so it comes out, that technically if a person has enough to suffice for his needs, even if he has, some, in some cases, less than the 200 those that we mentioned before, so long as he has a steady income flow, he's not allowed to t- accept tzedakah. So what would be the story when it comes to situations which are unexpected or, or once-in-a-lifetime or once-in-a-while kind of expenses, he's marrying off his child, or there was some kind of medical expense, and things that do not necessarily fit into the steady flow, do we say that these are considered extra things and they have nothing to do with the calculation of tzedakah, or he has the right to accept tzedakah in order to cover them? So the Yitzhubis, Shevet HaLev in Yerideya, Simen Kovchav, discusses an interesting case. He discusses a Shiloh, and we'll read the Shiloh inside. Asher Shal Be'echad Sh'yesha Yishchum Kesef, V'ayimastik L'Parnosas Be'esha L'Yud Be'es Chodesh, Achroitza L'Kachas Kesef Hanal, V'Liknes B'Edirik Tano, O'Dover Acher L'Haskiroi, Ach D'Mei Haskiroi L'Yagi L'Parnosas Chodesh B'Chodshoi. This fellow asked the Shiloh, he has enough he has enough money for Panos's base of Yud Beish However, he wants to dig into the principle in order to buy a house, in order to rent it out. He wants to buy a house to rent out in order to support himself off the rental. However, the rental of the home will not suffice for to replace the what he spent on it. I guess it's a long-term kind of investment. So is... That going to is that permitted? In other words, because ultimately, since he's not going to be back on his feet for the full principal until a long while, so he's going to have to come on to tzedakah. He's going to be in the category of an ani. So is he allowed to do that, or no? We say you're not allowed to take the money and invest it if it's going to put you back into the category of an ani. Once now he's he has now more than what he needs. So he has a din of usher. So it's usher for him to take from tzedakah um, to support himself, and he has to just use what he has. Lididi pashat says the shevet alevi. To me, it's pashat the yochel asis king that he has the right to take the money and invest it. So madakai mulan biyaday reishin gimel v'hu me'atur b'shem smak. There was man azeh afil yeshla mesayim zos paranosa shana achas yochel litam and tzedakah. Even if he's not going to be koina, and he has enough for yud beis chaydish, still he ha- he's going to have the ability he's allowed to take. So the shevet alev is explaining that this halacha that we said in sif beis, that the shiurim the chazal referred to, were only said at that time, but today a person can, is able to take until he has enough to have a steady income stream, which we said could sometimes be less than the 200, sometimes it could be more. 
So technically, if a person doesn't, even if he has 200 zuz, but he does not have a steady income stream, he's allowed to take money from tzedakah, according to the psak in Sebeid. The source of this psak is the tour. The tour says this halacha, and the reasoning of the tour is, because the concept of 200 zuz was said in those days when they were able to take lekachikopeya, and then they would take that, and after the year was over, they would plant it, or, or during the year they would plant it and support themselves off the coming crop. So therefore, they're sort of investing into the future, which allows them to um, get on their feet down the line. So therefore, the, we, the cutoff point was 200 zuz, because more than that already, he's, he's going to end up going, he's going to end up having more than he needs. But today, where we're not, when a person's collecting tzedakah, he's collecting money, it's not like a case where he has wheat sitting in a silo where he's going to plant it and he's going to have a parnasa from it. He's just he's collecting money because he needs to live day to day. So if he doesn't have, so even if he has two hundred dollars, as long as he's not going to be able to earn off the the interest, his, a parnasa. In other words, he's going to have to keep on digging into the principal to be able to survive. So it's not a steady income stream. He has the right to take and to invest it, and therefore the same would apply in this case. Since he does not have that wheat, he does not have that amount, so even if currently he has Messiah Mzuz, he's able to take that money and plant it, so to speak, and invest it into this rental unit and to be able to live off the Parnassah. And the Shevet Alevi ends off, Mi'u kasatu b'makam acher, degamim ein le'karen. Misha yeshen maskaris kavua, the same, it doesn't have to literally be an income stream coming from some kind of, kind of fund or something. Rather, any parnasa kavua, any kind of steady salary that he receives, no matter what, pshita da asalita. It's possible that based on that, he's not considered an ani anymore, and he's able to take. I'm sorry, he's not able to take tzaka. Mikol makom kayoim shegam mishu misvarnes and maskaris derech akavoid. Mikol makom shemagila sheilas adira ein zedai lifnois. I have filu lifkar sheyev shezeh. So therefore, even this person that I'm telling you that since he's getting a steady salary, he doesn't have a right to take from Sadaka. But when it comes to unexpected or, un- or once-in-a-while expenses, and for that purpose, you can put him back into the previous category, says the Shevet Alevi, and you could consider him as someone who's going to need tzedakah in order to be able to plant his future craft, so to speak, to invest in his future, and anyone who has these kinds of expenses would fall into that category. So now let's see the Mechaber and the Ramah in Siv Gimel and Siv Dalit. What does it mean that in order to take tzedakah, a person has to sell his items, those items that we mentioned before, and Sif Aleph, that he's required to sell, that are not essential items. So what exactly is, what does that mean? Do we force him to sell his items immediately at a loss? Many times you have this in real estate, if a person has the ability to buy time, he can sometimes get a much higher price, as opposed to if you force him to sell it off right away. So what exactly is he mechuiv to do? Is he mechuiv to go that second and sell it off? Or he can wait to sell it off at a better price. So the Shulchan Aruch says as follows, Misha someone who had real estate, if he sells it during the winter, he'll end up selling for cheaper. As we know, the real estate market 
during the winter is slow, and during the summer is quicker. There are people that will, that will, that have to mark down uh, a significant amount in order to sell a house during the winter. So if he's going to sell it during the winter, he's going to have to lose money. If he waits till the summer, he's going to sell it at that price. We do not require him to sell. We, we, we allow him to take tzedakah from Maeser only until the value of half of his assets, and we don't force him to sell it. He stays in the category of an oni for the most part. Some people say the other way around, that he, chati demeim refers to the loss that we require him to take in order to take from tzedakah. We require him to sell um, at a devaluation of up till half, but not more. So according to the Mechaber, he doesn't have to accept any loss. But according to Ramah, these places can hold that he has to accept the loss of up till half in order to collect the dog. However, Why? Let's say the market is actually a good market. But people know his situation. They play games with him. They know he's desperate. So they know they could drive a hard bargain and they can get him to go down in price. We don't force him to accept such a loss because coming to take, people coming to take advantage of him, that we don't allow. We consider him in the status of an onion. We give him, we continue, We want that he should be given a fair chance at selling his house for the real price. And therefore, we'll, consider, we'll continue maintaining his salary, his stockout stipend, until he's able to compete in the market just like anyone else. It's a beautiful halacha, how Chazal figured the, the, the situation of a person suffering to allow him to have fair market competition by, by supporting him until he's able to do that. Sif Dalit. About Abayas is traveling from place to place, and he ran out of money in the middle of the road. He has nothing to eat. He's able to take money from Tzedakah. So this is very important. You can have a certain a person that's a rich person, but he lost his wallet. He's stuck in the middle of Timbuktu without a wallet. He's allowed to go collect Tzedakah. Why? Because at that moment, he's considered a poor person. And not only that, when he goes home, he doesn't have to pay it back. Why? Says Ramah, the Havili Ka'ani is considered at that moment a poor person. Vahashir, and then afterwards he became rich. We don't say that if a person becomes rich, he has to retroactively reimburse Tzedakah for all the years of accepting Tzedakah. There's no such halacha. Therefore, he has the right to take the Tzedakah in the situation that he is. Zibahetev quotes Rabbein Yeruchim that says, that this halacha applies technically to anything, whether he collects from the pushka of tzedakah or whether he approaches the local um, balabas, the big gvir who has a personal um, fund to help people. So he comes to him and he tells him he's stuck. He doesn't tell him about what's going, what, about his assets that he has because he knows that if he hears that he owns an apartment building in Manhattan, he's not going to give him anything. And then, so he gives him money, and then afterwards, the, this uh, rich Balabas hears that he had this apartment building, so he goes over and says, listen, 
I don't know that you, you have more money than me. Why should I give you all this Zaka? Give it back to me. So it says, then in that case, he would have to give it back. Because in that case, we know that the person would have intended to lend it to him, not to give it to him. But in a situation where he does not have uh, assets, in that case, we don't say the person intends to lend it, he rather intends to give it. The only exception to this would be by a Yosem who is an Oni or whatever, unless the person specifies specifically it's given as Alva, it's automatically assumed that it's being given as a Matana. I forgot to mention that in Siv Gimel, there's an important Berhetev. We mentioned in Siv Gimel that a person who has properties is required, according to Ramah, to sell it off at a loss of up to half. Um, according to the Mechaber, he's not required to sell it off at a time that he's going to lose. So the Shach says, the Shach is quoted in the Berhetev, that this discussion is referring to a rich person, and that which Ramah says that he, until up to the value of half, he re- required to take um, to take it off, to deduct it from the value of the land, that's talking about a rich person, that even after he'll take that off, he'll still have land of the value of 200 zuz. But if afterwards he's not going to have that amount, that's going to put him into the category of an ani, so we do not require him, um, that's as if he's getting a thousand zuz in one shot, we don't require him to, to uh, put himself into the category of an ani. Because that, since he, if he would do that, he would be in the category of Ani, we're able to feed him. Then he quotes of Ben Yeruchim, Akas of Ben Yeruchim, Kiyam Rinon, this is in the Berhetev Ois Dalid, three lines in, Kiyam Rinon, the Machil Nois had Mechud Demeyem, Ein Machil Nois Harbe Biyayim Echod. That which we say that we feed him up to the ha- half the value of his land, we don't, it doesn't mean we give him, give him all of that in one shot. Rather, Dvar Yoyim Biyayim, Kedei Parnasasi, Adchati Demeyem. It means to say, he stays on a steady fund, a stipend, until he eats, he receives up to the value of half of his property. Then he considers if he received, um, even if he gets a thousand dollars in one shot, he still has the right to take, take the Dhaka. And therefore the same thing will apply over here too, if he's going to be in the status of Oni, then already he's not going to, uh, we're not going to keep on deducting, then he already could take regular tzedakah. Verhetev in Sivkan Hay says, as referring to the, the, the prices of him having to sell when it's more valuable, the Verhetev is going on the Mechaber of Hoyashara Adam Loikrim Beyoikrim, who ain't in Maitimisha Yikrimana because other people are selling it more valuable and he. His, his, people know his situation, so they don't want to buy from him. Says the Behetev, But if suddenly there was a drop in the real estate market, even if other, and others dropped as well, even if they dropped 50%, In that case, we don't say that since he's stuck for money, he, he doesn't he doesn't have to sell it to have the 200 zuz. Rather, we say that since everyone is, is at a loss, he's also required to sustain the loss in order to uh, avoid having to come on to the coup of tzedakah. And then he would have required to sell it. But when doesn't he have to sell it? That if the loss is unique to him. If everyone else has the amount, 
uh, they would be able to get the amount that they want if they sell this property, and he won't because they know that he's desperate. That he's, he's listed on the foreclosure uh, list of the bank. So then he's, he's going to lose out. So Chazal said he doesn't have to lose out. But if everyone is foreclosing or losing money or whatever it is because the situation in the market is is disastrous, in that case already we require him to sell it even at the lower price.